0: Um, Lovely to see you all. Uh, My name's Frank. Let me add my uh, welcome to you all. Take 20 seconds and turn to the person next to you and tell them what is your all-time favorite Christmas pop song. Go, 20 seconds. All right, that's your 20 seconds. Calm down. Simmer down. Let me tell you my favorite Christmas song of all time. My favorite Christmas song is Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea. Any Chris Rea fans in the house? Yes, a few hands going up. Let me read you the first verse. It says this. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. I'm driving home for Christmas Well, I'll be moving down that line. And it's been so long. But I'll be there to sing this song, to pass the time away, driving in my car, driving home for Christmas. I do love this song because it sums up the excitement that I feel when my wife Debs and I make the journey back to celebrate Christmas with our families. And if you think about it, the Christmas story contains loads of journeys, doesn't it? So you've got Mary and Joseph and their journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. You've got the shepherds and their journey from the fields to the stable where Jesus lay. And you've got the wise men and their journey from the east following the star. You might be familiar with these journeys, We've been singing about them in the carols. We see them acted out in our children's nativity plays. But there's one journey that is often overlooked in the Christmas story. Let me reread you verse 13 that was just read out a minute ago. But when, when they, that's the wise men, had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So Jesus' life begins as a refugee, on the run, as his mother and father are forced to flee to Egypt, away from this king, Herod. Now, who was Herod? Well, historians tell us that this was Herod the Great, who the Romans had placed in charge of a place called Judea, which was where the Jews lived, So one of his titles was King of the Jews. Historians also tell us that during his 33-year reign, he was a paranoid king. So paranoid that he had two of his own sons executed because he feared that they were going to plot to kill him and take over his throne. Why did Herod want to kill Jesus? Well, as we heard earlier in the readings, Herod met the three wise men who bowled into town from the east and were looking for this baby who would be the king of the Jews. A little bit perplexed about this, he consulted the scribes, the religious experts, and they told him that centuries before, it had been prophesied that the Christ, God's chosen king, would be born in Bethlehem, which was a little village about seven kilometers down the road from his palace in Jerusalem. So put it all together. A paranoid king... Who's willing to kill two of his own sons to protect his throne. Here's about a baby who will grow up to be king of the Jews. And rather than risk losing his throne to Jesus, he makes a plot to kill him. If you know the rest of the story, it's horrific. In order to be completely sure that he gets Jesus, Herod orders that every baby in Bethlehem be murdered. So not only does he make the young family of Jesus refugees? But he kills an entire village worth of innocent babies. Now you might be wondering at this point, why did Herod go to such extreme lengths to kill Jesus? Well firstly, Herod was clearly a man who loved power. He couldn't imagine a life where he wasn't on the throne. Being the king meant everything to him. It defined him. His greatest fear was that someone would come and would take his throne away from him. So he, would, he was willing to do anything, even shed innocent blood to keep his power. The second reason he wanted to kill Jesus was because he misunderstood who he was. You see, the popular view at the time is that God's Christ, the chosen king, would be a military king. And that he would come and that he would defeat the Romans in battle and he would give power back to the Jewish people who for centuries had been oppressed. So Herod believed that God's chosen king would kill him and take his throne. And therefore, the only way to avoid this was to get to Jesus first. His mindset was, kill Jesus before Jesus kills me As it turned out, Herod couldn't have been more mistaken about Jesus. As we heard earlier, Jesus' mission on earth was to be Emmanuel, God with us. He came not to conquer and kill, but to live alongside us, to get stuck into the mess and the brokenness of life, to rub shoulders with us so that he could comfort us in our pain. He came to share the love of God with us. You just have to take a look at Jesus' life to see what kind of king he was. He fed the hungry. He protected the vulnerable. He healed the sick and the disabled, who were socially outcasts. He dignified and included women in a a grossly unequal society. And he welcomed ethnic minorities, who were despised and oppressed. (laughs) If only Herod had taken the time to get to know the real Jesus... He wouldn't have missed out on such a glorious opportunity to live under his kingship. If only he'd given up his desire to rule and trust Jesus to be his king. His life would have been so different. He wouldn't have had to live with the guilt and shame of killing those innocent children. He could have stopped living in fear and enjoyed the peace and joy that Jesus brings. He could have had his paranoia replaced with an inner security that Jesus loved him and was in control of his life. Now, when we look at Herod, we can wonder why he made such a huge mistake, why he chose to reject Jesus. But before we denounce him, we must ask ourselves, have we made the same mistake? See, it might not look as extreme as Herod. We can all make the mistake of pushing Jesus away. And we can do this because, like Herod, other things are way more important to us than knowing Jesus. For Herod, his power was the most important thing to him, and he thought Jesus was going to take it away from him. I wonder what it looks like for you. Maybe your career is the most important thing to you, so you don't have any time left over for Jesus. Maybe your money and possessions are the most important thing to you, so you don't need Jesus. Perhaps relationships are the most important thing to you, so you feel content without knowing Jesus. Perhaps freedom of of expression is the most important thing to you, and you think Jesus would stifle and restrict you. Maybe you want to give yourself to changing the world for the better, and you feel that all Jesus offers is dry religion, whatever it might look like for us, we can end up pushing Jesus away because we don't want to let him into our lives. If we do this, it shows that like Herod, we've misunderstood who Jesus is. See, Herod thought that letting Jesus into his life would have meant that he would have had to give up being the king. But knowing Jesus would have taught Herod how to be the king that all his people needed him to be. Jesus could have showed him how to be a kind and generous king who ruled with justice and mercy. You see, if you know the real Jesus, then he becomes the most important thing to you and he puts all your other priorities into the right place. So let me just use the examples I just used. Knowing Jesus impacts our career because he helps us become the kind of person that people want to work with. And it'll help you to truly rest so you don't burn out. Jesus impacts how we view our possessions and our money because he teaches us how to be open-handed and generous with what we have. And he shows us that it's more important to store up treasure in heaven than treasure on earth. His love will transform our relationships, enabling us to be patient, empathetic, and compassionate. Knowing Jesus brings true freedom and allows us to express our true identity as a child of God and lastly Jesus helps us in our desire to make an impact on the world around us because following him is not a dry set of rules he gives us true purpose as we play a part in his initiative to restore our broken world fighting for justice defending the weak welcoming the stranger and protecting our planet this is what it looks like with Jesus in your life But before Jesus can enter into our lives in this amazing transformational way our relationship with him has to be restored. You see, all of us at some point, me included we've pushed Jesus away and we're still all guilty of rejecting him. At this point we have to cast our minds to the end of Jesus' life where just like in his early days he made a difficult journey. This time His journey wasn't to Egypt. It was to Jerusalem, where he knew that the authorities were going to arrest him and falsely charge him and then execute him by crucifixion. Why did Jesus have to make this journey to the cross? Well, as Jesus hung on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus died. To secure our forgiveness. On the cross, Jesus, the perfectly innocent one, was dying in the place of me, the guilty one. Why? To bring me back to God, to restore my relationship with him. See, the final tragedy in Herod's story is that he died long before he saw Jesus and the way he died. He died before he saw the cross. So we never got to see how much Jesus loved him. That he was willing to pay the ultimate price to forgive him. Even a man like Herod. Sadly, he never had the chance to be reconciled to Jesus. But we've seen the cross. We know how much Jesus loves us. We've seen the cross. We've had an opportunity to be reconciled to Jesus. We've seen the cross. So we can be forgiven and let Jesus into our lives, bringing joy, hope, peace, security, purpose, meaning, and ultimately eternal life. So how do we receive this forgiveness and let Jesus into our lives? Well, it requires that we make a journey of our own. It involves us coming to Jesus and saying, sorry for rejecting you, Sorry that I've been living with my life with my back to you. And saying to him, I'm making a decision now. Making a decision to follow you and trust you with my life. We see this demonstrated beautifully by the wise men. In the reading we heard earlier, we saw it. They traveled from the east to be with Jesus. They knelt before him. They worshipped him as their king. And they let him have what they valued the most. As I finish, I want to ask you to examine where you currently are with Jesus. Do you think that, like Herod, you're still better off without Jesus in your life? Well, if that's you, then please make sure you aren't misunderstanding Jesus. Don't make the mistake that Herod made of rejecting a false idea of Jesus rather than the real thing. If you're sitting here this afternoon and you're thinking, this has interested me, and maybe I have misunderstood Jesus, maybe I don't know who he really is, then then can I encourage you, there's some little forms on the seats in front of you. If you want to know more about Jesus, please go ahead and fill out your details on those forms. And I'd love to meet up with you to explore in more depth who Jesus is. Maybe you're sitting there this afternoon and you think, I'd love to let Jesus into my life, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the kind of life that I've lived. Jesus could never forgive me. If that's you, then I'd ask you to think of Herod. Think of what he did. And ask yourself if Jesus died to forgive a man like Herod, then why can't he forgive you? And finally, Maybe you'd like today to be the day that you let Jesus into your life to be your king. If that's you, then I'd encourage you to pray along this short prayer with me as I finish. Let's have a moment of quiet reflection. Let's ponder all the things that we've sung about. Let's ponder what we heard from Steph. Let's ponder what I've just been saying now. And then I'll close in prayer. Jesus, thank you that you made the journey from heaven to earth for me. Thank you that you know how painful life is, so you can comfort me. I admit that I've pushed you away and refused to give you control of my life. I am truly sorry, and I choose to turn back to you and let you into my life. Thank you that you made that journey to the cross to forgive me and bring me back to you. Thank you that I can live in your kingdom now and look forward to eternal life with you. Like the wise men, I want to worship you as my king and fully trust you with my whole life. Help me as I begin a new life under your kingship. In your name. Amen.